Hey all, my name is Brian Baird. Welcome to my program called Truth is Truth. The program is a faith-based podcast. I will be discussing biblical truth, biblical faith, biblical faith in politics, and many of my life experiences relating to both, and hopefully experiences of others who are willing to be involved. This will be an evolving life application program that people will be able to apply to their lives every day as it pertains to them. Please join me as we learn the truth together. Thank you, and God bless. Hi all, Brian Baird again. Welcome to my podcast, Truth is Truth. Today's Memorial Day. Uh, I'm in here in the studio recording May 24th, which is the official Memorial Day in my life. But as I come in here to record this morning, I would like to say thank you to all the families and friends of those who went to battle and didn't come back for the freedom of our country. And I want to say not only to them, but to all our public service family and friends of those who have lost their lives serving the public and the people in this country. I said a prayer for everyone this morning and just wanted to let you know that. Asking God to take care of you, to bless you, and to be in your life forever. But I do want to say that no matter whether you believe in war, you believe in this country going to war, or whatever that is, we had people in this country that took an oath to go serve this country, whether they were drafted, whether they uh, joined voluntarily. None of that really matters. What matters is, is they took the call that God gave them to go and serve this country. And we always say that uh, these people that served our country, loved our country. But what we need to remember is, is our country is people. And that's what those people went there and fought for was the care and concern and love for the people of this country, regardless of what we think. That's the reason that people serve. And I want to thank all those who are serving now, who have served. But mostly, I just want to say to the families out there of the lost ones, the friends of the lost ones that we lost in in war, in battle, those warriors, I want to thank you. I want to thank you not only uh, for who you are, I want to thank you for loving and caring enough about this country to let those people go and do the job they did. So on Memorial Day today, thank you very much. I love you all. I appreciate all those that are serving the public in that way and putting their lives on the line every day. Not only our soldiers, but our police officers, our firefighters, our EMTs, EMTs, I'm sorry, paramedics, uh, just all those that are out there serving and putting their lives on the line because that's what they do every day. So thank you very much to all of those. And with that said, uh, today is uh, season one, episode seven, uh, why we have kings in government. Um, And we're going to get right into that. No matter what country or continent you're in or on, you will have some type of government. Government can be in many forms from anarchy or lawlessness and no authority of government, which is still a government of sorts, to absolute monarchy where the government rules unhindered by laws, constitution, or legally opposed opposition with many in between. In the United States, we are supposed to be a republic which has been degraded for many years and does not resemble that at this time, in my opinion. Why do we have government today? How did we come to this place? 
God created us to be under his care and direction. He created us to glorify him, which means we are his and under his care and direction. Sinful mankind wanted a human leader or leaders. That was not of God, but against God, as we will see by the time we are done here today. God should be our king in government, and in the very end, he will be, even though we have followed the misguided choices of the people before us. In the time of the Old Testament, there were judges, not a form of government. People came before a judge and were given direction or answers from the judges. God set Moses in judgment over Israel as they wandered the land. Moses was directly accountable to God for this judgeship. Then came Joshua after that. These two judges were not specifically appointed to the office of judge, as Othniel was, but did the judging while leading the people through the wilderness, and Joshua is leading in war. In Judges, Othniel is that first judge listed. These judges judge by God's law, not the law of man, as applied later. Then Israel came to Samuel and asked for a king through their heads of tribes and fathers of the houses and families of Israel. First Samuel 8.1 says, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. 8.4 says, Thus all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to Ramah. Samuel was living in Ramah. This was where he was born and lived. This was probably a good-sized crowd. At this time, Samuel had almost complete rule over the Israelites. He had not abused his leadership, though. They were coming to complain of the actions of his sons. Both God and Samuel were displeased, and the people were given solemn warning as to just what their choice entailed. First Samuel 8, 5 says, And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now make us a king like all the nations. When Israel entered the land, the Canaanite city-states were led by kings. During the period of Judges, Israel was held captive by nations that were under kings but had no king of their own. The nations around Israel had kings, and there was a desire for a king in Israel now also. God knew this would be their desire, and he would allow this to occur. However, their motive was definitely contrary to the Lord's will. The people had enough confidence in Samuel to do right, and they told him of the sins of his sons. Perhaps if Samuel were a younger man at this time, they would not want a king. He would rule them fairly. His sons were not dedicated as he was. They were greedy for filthy lucre. But God does not want them to have an earthly king. He is their king. They wanted to be as the nation surrounding them that were ruled by kings. The following verses in Samuel explain the displeasure of Samuel and the desire as well as God stating a sinful, disappointed truth that we see today also. 1 Samuel 8, 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. What upset and disappointed Samuel was they were wanting to change their godly form of government to match the sinful nations around them and take it from the Lord, who was the true king over them. Samuel knows the consequences of this poor decision will be devastating. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord to know his mind and will and what answer he should return unto them. This was a continual consistent prayer probably for many consecutive hours or days. They did not realize or want the Lord as their king. Samuel was a very godly thinking man. He never made any decision without first finding the will of the Lord in a matter. Samuel 8, 7 says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them, just as Christ was rejected. If you want to go back to that history. 
Hearken unto the voice of the people. The Lord knew that there would be kings over Israel. The Lord told Samuel to allow the desire of the people and let them have a king. The Israelites rejected God, not Samuel. Just as Jesus told the disciples that they were not hated, it was Jesus the people hated and showed that to those who believed in him. Does that sound familiar today as well? They were a rebellious people against the rule of the Lord. They did not see and realize they were so much more blessed than the heathen, godless countries around them. They did not want a holy, mighty, righteous, all-powerful leader. They wanted an earthly, human, sinful king. 1 Samuel 8, 8, According to all the works which I have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. This rebellion was not a new issue. They were brought out of bondage in Egypt and immediately started rebelling against God. Moses had to deal with this even after the miracles that were seen by the Israelites as they were being led in the wilderness. This is what this people were always prone to do, going away from worship and of God in service to him as they made and worshiped their handmade, man-made idols. God forgave them many, many times and also punished them for the idol worship. Will we ever learn? So do they also unto me, it says. Samuel was chosen by God before he was born to serve as their judge for God. Samuel could not expect to be treated any better than his master. They had never remained faithful to God. Why would Samuel expect them to treat him any different since he was chosen by God? Chapter 8, verse 9. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit ye protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. God is letting them make the choice for a king, but warning them of exactly what they will get. 1 Samuel 8, 10. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked him a king. God warned Israel that a king would pervert God's justice. Israel had over 40 kings over a period of 450 years. Samuel 8, 11. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. God explains what most of these kings would do. There were a few good kings, seven by my count, which might be off by one, but regardless, many were bad and ruled in evil doings. God tells them that the king will take young men and women for his service as basically slaves and use them in war and pleasure of themselves. Tax the people heavily, take the best of their animals, servants, and crops, and take away their freedoms. The sons and daughters of the subjects would have no choice or freedom of this choosing. The king will use the sons to wait upon him, taking care of the chariots and horses and driving them for the king. They would be his security and protection. They will not be paid, but would be taken care of just as the animals would, so they could be used at the king's pleasure. They would be sent to war for him at his pleasure. I can't believe fathers and mothers would allow this for their children, but we seem to be giving up our children and grandchildren away in this manner today. Please, people, wake up. Samuel eight twelve, And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties, and will set them to ear the ground, and to reap his harvest, and to make his instruments of war and instruments of his chariots. Some of the sons would be set over other sons, but others would take care of the properties he had rule over, this was hard, grueling work and very hard on these sons. Most of those lands were taken from the people they ruled over. These sons would make and form the utensils of war and make the chariots ready for war and prepare them to slaughter people. First Samuel 8.13 And he will take your daughters to be confectioners and to be cooks and to be bakers. 
These daughters that were fortunate would be confectionaries or makers of perfumes and ointments. Some would be used to cook and clean for the king, his harem, his family, and higher staff and officers. Some would be used for pleasure of the king and his harem. I have a daughter. I can't imagine the ruthless, hard hearts of the fathers that would have a king knowing this. Wow, this is just pure evil. 1 Samuel 8.14 And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. The king will take all of this for taking care of his many servants, including your children. So they were possibly paying for their children to serve him if you had children that were taken. The king didn't care if you had children serving. He would take what you had anyway. The land the king would take was given to these men and fathers by God to take care of their families. Now it would be lost and used by the king. Chapter 8, verse 15. And he will take the tenth of your seed and your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And give to his officers, it says here, most if not all of these men called officers were probably made into eunuchs, a further injustice to the sons taken. This tax was, is, used to pay for the government the king sets up. Uh, chapter 8, verse 16. And he would take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. In 17, he will take the tenth of your sheep and you shall be his servants. Not only will he take from you of your sons and daughters, he will leave the weaker, less desired sons and animals and take the strongest and most lovely. Again, as said previous, they would be used as he desired in whatever way he desired. The king will make all of these decisions for you, and you will have no choice or freedom to choose or live as you desire. You will live for this selfish, power-mongering king. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 18. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king, which ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. The Israelites would regret, as they always did when they rebelled against God, but he will not hear them, which means he will not save them in this ill-begotten choice as he did before. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we shall have a king over us. 8.20 That we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. As usual, they did not listen to God or his chosen representative and will suffer the consequences. They wanted to be led like the ungodly and pagan heathens and got just that. Maybe they had some thought that God would bail them out as he had in the past, but it was not to be. Just the wars that God fought for these people and giving them the promised land should have been enough for them to understand that human kings could not defeat or compare to God. The Israelites wanted to be like the rest of the world and deny God. They would rather bow to a man and worship a sinful person or even a dead idol than an all-powerful, mighty, all-knowing, all-sufficient, one and only true living God that created all things. I would call that stupid, moronic, and worse than that, evil, premeditated sin. The shame of it is we act no different today and call this a Christian nation. Some continue to deny the creator of all things. We have turned our backs on the almighty God and folks. His wrath will be swift and powerful once God enacts the chosen time that only he knows. Truth is truth whether you believe it or not. He has given mankind plenty of warning and proven history to make the right choice and people are denying him and trusting sinful man. Yes, we all sin, but God gave us a way out as he always does and as he did the Israelites in the scripture I've given to you. 
I have to take a variance here for just a moment. God does not send someone to hell. I have heard it said many times, how can a God of love send a person to hell? Again, God does not send a person to hell. A person willfully can choose their path as the Israelites chose to deny God and suffered the consequences. I taught the kids in schools that every decision you make will have a consequence. Whether it's a good or bad consequence depends on the decision you make. Please make the right decision now. While there's still time in God's grace and mercy, Jesus Christ is the only right decision here. God gave us this revelation starting in the first book of his word, the Bible in Genesis. It is all throughout the Bible. It is not hidden and it can't be misunderstood unless you deny it of your own choice. Choosing Jesus Christ is the most important decision of your eternal life. So here we are in the world of all kinds of different style governments, but none that are truly under God. Even our government of a republic has gone astray. The foundation of this nation was formed on biblical principle and the rights given to us by our God and Creator. We have the people that have been voted to represent us now lording over us as subjects and applying their wills upon us. We have some people who have fallen for this as they seem to trust those who want to gain control of what God has given us. I have watched a video on this site telling of a pastor who was thrown to the ground like a rag doll and subdued by restraints for the wrong of only peacefully worshiping and telling people about our true king, our God, and our Lord. The people with him were being lorded over by armed police, snipers, trying to invoke fear upon the people. Shame on these officers who are sworn to protect and serve the public, so help them God. Shame on the people in this government that will allow this to happen to our fellow citizens. They have denied God and will pay the price soon. God has given us all plenty of warning as he did for these Israelites. I hope you have listened and understood my point, although somewhat harsh in areas, but truth. But as I always say, don't just take my word for it. Open your Bibles and read it for yourself, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you in the truth. Those of you that may not know Jesus, the Holy Spirit will tug upon your heart if he is not already at some point in your life. Please listen to that calling and make the right choice. As I tell the kids in the schools, do the right thing. I hope I have given you some truth to think about and consider and that you will seek God in all things and allow him to guide you. Let your king be the Lord and let him be the Lord over your life and do not be fooled. And as I always end with, be of good cheer and look to the heaven as the Lord is coming soon. And I'll tell you folks, I for one, I'm ready. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope God blesses you. I love you all. See you again soon.